For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Half a million children have died. I mean, that's more children than died when, when, in, in Hiroshima. And, and, you know, is the price worth it? I think this is a very hard choice, but the price, we think the price is worth it. I just had to play that because when I was watching the Democratic National Convention and Madeleine Albright said that she... She wanted Hillary. Hillary was the kind of fighter that Harry Truman was. It reminded me of that clip, which had it all. It had the kind of fighter Harry Truman was, was he did drop two big bombs on uh, civilians. And people say it was a military necessity, but there are entire websites, probably books devoted to how the military guys argued against that. And this was really more of a military industrial complex decision or an experiment. I don't know. But when Madeleine Albright defended starving to death, that was Madeleine Albright on 60 Minutes, starving to death, the the people, the children in Iraq for their geopolitical goals, that was scary. And that was another uh, gross contradiction in that DNC, the, the Democratic National Convention, where Hillary has just painted over and over again the whole Democratic Party as being uh, just dedicated to the health and happiness of women and children. You just can alternate it with so many clips and videos. So I thought that was pretty shocking. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on WSB. We uh, I'm on every Saturday from three to six, and we have been talking about the Democratic National Convention. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. I am going to go to some calls. I'm going to Corey and Conyers. Hi, Corey. You're on with Monica. Hey, how you doing? I was just calling to speak on the DNC, the what I, from what I've seen, the differences between the RNC and the DNC. I, I saw completely no diversity at the RNC. It, it, honestly, I'm a, young, I'm, a, I'm a young black man. I'm 21 years old. It looked, it looked like uh, an old Civil War mortuary. Like, at the RNC, the DNC, it showed, it showed everyone. It showed, it showed every race, every ethnic background, every, everything. They did an excellent job, and that's that's really all I want. Yeah, to say. Of I just so, wanted to say that they did the best of seeing a, a, a cross section of the country. I actually noticed last time. I guess it was 2012. I noticed that the RNC. Had was absolutely buttoned up, like everybody looked like Mitt Romney, and and the few Ron Paul supporters I think were escorted out of the building. I'm not sure, and that was some rumors anyway. And then that in that 2012, the 
DNC, the Democrat one, looked really looked like a freak show. I'm sorry, but their people looked like it was a circus. It was like clown costumes, practically. It was crazy. Then this time, I thought it was the... Not as extreme, but very opposite. And I had kind of anticipated that. So at the weirdly at the RNC, you saw people kind of letting their free flag fly a little more, a little more diversity, maybe not minorities or ethnicities or whatever. But I really felt like there were some personalities. Maybe they were trying to give this uh, this idea of the populist middle America. Granted, it's definitely uh, uh, labeled as a white movement. But maybe they wanted to give that feel of middle America because I think that stuff is controlled, encouraged. There are, there are memos. There was a memo out about what to chant and counter chant. So if in the DNC they, they chant no more war, the other guys are supposed to start a chant USA or something like that. I mean, that's how controlled it is. And then I, I actually had anticipated... Uh, I was just vague and I'm not great at just actually forecasting... The details like that, but I kind of felt like the DNC would take the opportunity to look like the stable, traditional political party just making a lot of empty promises and getting people fired up that really, in the end, always works, or at least seems that that's the thing to work. So uh, I think there was something to the visual, and I I don't think it was an accident. Thank you very much for the call. I'm going to Leroy in I don't know where. So, Leroy, give me a call. Tell me what you got. You're on with Monica. Hey, thank you, Monica. I'm from uh, Savannah, Georgia. But, um, yeah, so I, I watched the uh, Democrat, well, bits and pieces of the Democrat House Convention, and uh, I was a Bernie supporter. I still am. But uh, one thing I want to note that I feel that the Libertarian Party and the Green Party can come together on is the fact that our system is highly rigged for the establishment being the Democratic and Republican Party. Um, what you saw on mainstream media at the Democratic National Convention was a completely different vision that I saw from my own friends there in the convention streaming it live to me. I, uh, it was complete. Yeah, uh, I was I was a little surprised at how little the mainstream media covered what what seemed to be all over the alternative media. I mean, you could see five hours of people outside making trouble and, and I was surprised that wasn't covered by the mainstream. But I want to address. Get. Yeah, I wasn't surprised at all because the bottom line is is that it wasn't in the mainstream's best interest. Uh, I wasn't surprised yeah. that uh, it's been going on this entire time, and the only reason why Bernie Sanders even had a chance was because people like you know myself and uh, and regular people were streaming the news. You know. Well, uh, that's that's where I think I, I disagree, which is why I feel like there's a piece of the puzzle I'm not getting here, and that is. Bernie never got mainstream media attention in his previous runs, and neither did Donald Trump. And Ron Paul, who was a more viable candidate at the outset than either of those, uh, never got any airtime either. He was always ignored by the press, buried by the press, just like Sanders and Trump always had been. But but this time around, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump were given a lot of mainstream attention from the beginning, almost as or almost as I felt it was to make it appear like the fix wasn't in for. Hillary that there was a real fight going on and she emerged triumphant it's because she yeah. won so I don't see I don't know what they're going to do with these angry people now like that was the thing that kind of I you know leaves me wondering I guess they feel like they can well, handle it I think they call that a limited hangout there's a good chance I mean it's funny too because of the way they set it up there was a Bernie bus and then there was blue no matter who it makes 
zero sense for me to go against the burn your bus, mainly because they already said we're not going to vote for you. <laughs> and if you would have went with those that were like, you know, went for Bernie, the blue, no matter who, would have voted for Bernie, so you'd have a better chance. Oh, oh. Yes, that's interesting. What you're saying is, if you're going to rally the Democrats behind the candidate, everybody would have gone behind Bernie because most people loved him and the rest of the people were loyal. This way, people who love Bernie can't stand Hillary. So it it sets up a problem, right? Absolutely. And the bottom line is, I was thinking between the Libertarian and the Green Party, the problem right now is that the establishment has it locked in where they try their best to block out both parties. And I feel that, yes. oh, well, you said if you vote for Green, you're splitting the Democratic and nah, the Liberal vote. I won't, I won't oh, accept that scare tactic. I, I agree they've got it all sewn up. There are laws that benefit or whatever the rules are. They really benefit the two parties. It's kind of egregious. And I, I never... Uh, I don't like it when people tell me I can't vote my conscience or vote my choice because I'm going to split a ticket. They're using that against us. They'll, they're going to blame... Trump voters or Bernie voters or uh, or Jill Stein voters, or Gary Johnson voters, whoever, whoever they're going to blame for a Hillary win by saying, see what happens when you get out of line. I, I mean, this really goes for the Gary Johnson and Trump guys. When you don't listen to the establishment's wisdom, you get a Democrat in office. But I would also say there's more, although the ideology of Jill Stein and uh, Gary Johnson are so, so different. Those are the two third-party candidates on from left and right. The ideology, one is collectivist. You can do things with the government for society. The other is individualist. That's the realm of the private sector. But they could come together on not only are the system, is the political system rigged, the two-party system, but the crony, they call it crony capitalism, it's really cronyism or corporatism, where the big big powerful businesses are in bed with the government it's a two-way street in there even the actual individuals sometimes go in and out of government in and out of the private sector make the laws that benefit their guys and their own self-interest and i think ideology aside the mere corruption would unite us now i don't know what that means for the election but it's something i try to get libertarians to focus on don't look at the policies look at the the corruption because more people everybody everybody could get behind that so thanks very much for the call i'm going to go to walt in cartersville walt you're on with monica hey monica Uh, thank you for taking my call um i had a conversation earlier today with a fellow that uh brought up uh, part of the conversation you had earlier on the show about a Haitian leader would not step down in a state of emergency, which he had then declared. Uh, What my uh, topic is is about the fixes in, the election is rigged. I want to know if you'd give us your take on the notion that, let's suppose Trump is looking very promising as the election approaches, and the Obama administration may, in fact, uh, as a hypothetical, pull out all the stops and declare martial law and put the elections on hold to preserve the Democratic control and, and, and later uh, you know, bring in Hillary as the, the new president. What do you think? I'll tell you, I think I have definitely noticed that there is this crescendo of civil unrest and shooting and terrorist attacks and everything. I've begun to... Not I was telling some people at my events this week, I began to not 
prepare for my show till Friday to see what terrorist attack is going to be in the news. I mean, it seems uh, just too agenda driven to not expect the media to come out with something like that. So it feels like there is an agenda. But I would I personally, after all the stuff I've read and seen and heard about election fraud, including like analysis, scientific analysis, that there is so much election fraud that really the problem, what they're going for here isn't the actual vote. They're not working hard to get the actual vote that you can't really count on uh, uh, the elective, the election process as your friend. What they're really going for is that you will accept the outcome that Hillary has won. And I know it's a radical thought. It really bums people out when I say that. So I hate to, but it is what I think. I think that this is all about perception. Don't they say if you're going to cheat, it has to be close. So that's the feeling I've got there. Um, and I really, I do hope it doesn't get as bad as martial law. I do not expect that. So thank you very much for the call. I'm going to give away the prize pack after the break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We're back. It is uh, 79 degrees outside the studio. Still a bit overcast. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And today's McDonald's Weekend Prize Pack is a pair of tickets to see Alice Cooper in concert on August 10th at Atlanta Symphony Hall, produced by ASO Presents, and a four-pack of tickets to the Coca-Cola Summer Film Festival at the Fox Theater. The first person to call 404-741-0750 will get that prize pack. That's a good one. But uh, I want to change gears a little bit. I have been noticing, like I said before the break, that there's, it's almost like a feeling of orchestration of the heightened, the increasing stress level, the civil unrest, the the terrorist attacks. And if you think that I just throw that stuff out there, it's, it's, I don't, I I feel like I'm recognizing a pattern really only a few steps ahead of other people, but it makes me feel like it validates the theory that there at least is an agenda with spin or however you want to talk about it. And and I happen to find an, or listen back to an old show of mine from January 2015, which was over a year and a half ago. And it's kind of amazing how prescient it was. I mean, if I had done this, it, it's... Basically, literally, I'll actually demonstrate to you that you could pull today's news out of that prediction. So that's what I want to do next. Uh, This is Monica Perez. You can always uh, communicate with me if you can't get through on the lines at Monica Perez Show. You got me excited because this would truly be both an adventure and a learning experience. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, so we are in the home stretch, and I wanted to change gears a little bit because I came upon something that I showed to a couple of people, and they were like, wow, that is freaky. So here's the thing. I know people are sometimes skeptical that my theories uh, seem to imply a level of orchestration or patterns 
that are hard to believe that maybe means that uh, there is an agenda and certain events are spun in a certain way or allowed to happen or whatever that promote the agenda. So I throw this stuff out there, like what I was talking about with the RNC and the DNC, that the Republican and Democratic conventions both had this emotionalism that I think, uh, assuming a Hillary presidency, that I think will be instrumental in getting people's consent to uh, escalation of military action in the Middle East during a Hillary presidency. So there's the Republicans were getting people scared and ready to fight. And I feel like the Democrat convention used the opportunity to soften up Hillary as a as somebody who would never fight unless it was absolutely necessary. And that way, she can maybe silence the anti-war left going forward. So I, I see those patterns, and we'll see what happens. So if if we listen to the show uh, two years from now, we might be like, wow. But I think I had one of those moments this time around, and uh, it was... The it was about the Munich terror attack and all the other attacks in Europe, which uh, have been happening recently. I remembered that a while back, it was actually, I thought it was, and I found it in this show. I listened to the whole show. It was at the very end. My January 2015, so this is more than a year and a half ago, on that show, I said, what, you know, the year ahead or what's to come. I try to do that at the end of the year, the beginning of the year. What, what? What happened and what's going to happen? And one of the things I said was that I thought our I thought I said that our allies would uh, experience increasing terrorist attacks. And and I what I actually said was I see the echelon countries bonding together more closely, and I think there will be increased terror attacks in those countries. Now the echelon countries are the English speaking allies like the UK, Canada, Australia. New Zealand and the U.S. I think it's those, they called them the five eyes for some reason. So I thought that was it, and they were going to kind of coalesce behind action in the Middle East. If I had said NATO countries, then I think that would have uh, made, would have been spot on. But that, compared with, uh, coupled with other things that were in that show, really felt uncanny uh, uh, in the context of what's happening right now. So... I don't think I've ever <laughs> played a clip of myself before, but I'm going to because I want uh, I want you to hear what what I had said, and then I'm going to put it in the context of today. So this is from January 2015. You can definitely expect this mass casualty shootings to continue to accelerate for the past three years. They've been increasing in frequency, and certainly. Uh, in in like media coverage and it's always the same pattern it's some crazy guy kills a bunch of people for no reason and then runs off so he does this like in front of people with a bunch of guns and he runs off and kills himself where nobody can see and usually the first eyewitness accounts are of multiple shooters and then those accounts go away by the time it hits primetime cable news okay so this is what I said then that there's a crazy guy kills a bunch of people for no reason commits suicide where no one can see him and initial reports of of multiple shooters goes away by the time it reaches the the headlines at, or the evening news so i discovered this on friday last friday 
And I told my husband about it. Saturday morning, he slides the newspaper over to me. And the cover story on the Wall Street Journal, the first two paragraphs were this. A lone gunman killed nine people in and around a Munich shopping mall in a shooting spree police described as a possible terror attack, putting the southern German city in lockdown during a nearly seven-hour manhunt until police said the attacker had killed himself. Heavily armed police from across the country combed Munich Friday night searching for... Get ready. What witnesses had said were multiple shooters and responding to emergency calls that turned out to be false alarms. After 1 a.m., police said the gunman, whom they described as an 18-year-old dual German-Iranian citizen who had lived in Munich for at least two years, was dead and appeared to have acted alone. So, uh, I think that's freaky. Brad, do you, what do you think? Yeah, it's, you're like Nostradamus. <laughs> Well, it's not like it seems like it's prediction and and probably Nostradamus had the same phenomenon, which is you just recognize the patterns because this is the the true nature of power. It's like more controlled society than you think. It's more either orchestrated or or the media is spun or, um, you know, it's just it's clear that agendas are promoted and that these events are going to continue that promote those agendas. I just think it's it's uh, uh, irrefutable, but I've got a little bit more. So that wasn't the only thing that I discovered in uh, my re-listening to that old show. This, the, the, the focus, the emphasis on how policing happens in inner cities I thought was definitely a big agenda item that was going to have legs. I think I might even have, I think this is effectively predicting what has since recently only been called the Ferguson effect. So listen to this. This is from over a year and a half ago. See if you think this one was prescient. And then I started getting into uh, this trend of the nationalization of the police, where the police are going to follow kind of regularized policies, increasing militarization. They're going to get this uh, military surplus stuff. They'll get they'll get normalized training for that. Uh, that I think that crime will actually increase because all these protests and stuff will get will um, part of the policy will be like sensitivity in inner cities where people need protection the most, and you're probably going to increase in crime there. Uh, although the ending of the drug war might offset that somewhat. Uh, but I also think that we'll continue to see this civil unrest being fomented by the people at the top, that they actually like that. They want us to feel uh, a little bit on edge so that we look to this big government as being a, a necessity because in times of peace and prosperity, you really don't need government. You actually don't need it. So they need to feel us to feel unsafe, perhaps even unprosperous. I still think that that's that's what's on the agenda, and I think it's escalated. I mean, Brad, what do you think? That's what it looks like when you watch the news every day. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like people weren't saying that back then. It just wasn't crystal clear. But I'll tell you, as soon as I think my key was, I, I think Obama had said something in a speech before then that uh, talked about how police need to treat people in inner cities differently, that we need to re-examine how we police. And I thought, if you're going to pull back on inner city policing, the people in those 
inner cities are the ones who are going to suffer the most. Uh, and and of course, those are the people who in those inner cities is where the the, the law abiding citizens are almost always disarmed. And uh, uh, I also anticipated and continue to anticipate that the number one uh, actual identifiable item is going to be police cameras, that that's what this is all going to move towards. And for me, obviously, I don't want anything that contributes to the surveillance state. But the if you think about if you want to acquiesce and let your cops have cameras, that's fine. But there should be while they're on duty, if they're going to have the cameras, a dedicated URL that's um, on live stream so that you can constantly watch it so they can't edit it and use it for their own purposes. So the uh, I feel like really what's going to happen with the cop cameras is not going to work in our benefit, but that the uh, you're going to have things like if you go to a protest, the cop cameras are going to record all the faces that are there. And with facial recognition uh, technology, that's really a registry of your political positions and how active you are. I mean, it's again, again, I think the number one thing that is happening right now are attacks on the First Amendment. You look at the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment. Uh, I feel like the Second Amendment's been in part neutered already. And the Fourth and Fifth, when you take away the warrants, when you take away due process, you're really attacking the First Amendment. And I think that's what police cameras, especially at protests and that kind of thing, will be doing. So, I think that's interesting. And then there was one, the most disturbing, most prescient thing that came out of this, uh, of the show. That show was actually a comment from a, a listener, and it was pretty disturbing. And it, it was disturbing at the time, and it's disturbing in retrospect. Here it is. Steve says race baiters and the BS going on with people killing cops. So that was his prediction for 2015 going forward. It was pretty pretty shocking. And I and actually going back and looking at what looked to be on the agenda in January 2015 for the future was I did a couple of shows on Hillary Clinton and her uh, everything from insider like generals and stuff and I, uh, one article was in the Council of Foreign Relations magazine Foreign Affairs saying that not only was Libya not necessary and that the threat uh, of of Gaddafi cracking down on innocent people overblown, if not totally fabricated, but the generals that actually advised Hillary against doing this had, had suggested or was in the process of brokering a truce, brought Gaddafi to the table. He uh, All these things that lay the blame for the absolute decimation of Libya at Hillary's feet. And I predicted then, and I continue to predict, that a Hillary presidency would mean uh, a escalation or re-engagement militarily in Libya. And I suspect that they'll kind of spin it as being her, kind of the way they spun George W. going into Iraq as cleaning up his father's mess. Like, maybe it will be spun as she's the one, if she if she feels responsible, so she needs to go in there and stabilize that country because it's a mess. Just keep your eyes open. I especially noticed in the Wall Street Journal, Sir- Syria, Libya, and Iraq just keep popping up as the places that we need to uh, to 
fix. And I think that those are the places that we're going to see increasing uh, military action in a Hillary presidency. So I am going to uh, wrap this up after the break. And uh, you can still tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We are wrapping it up. This is Monica Perez, the libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Next week, however, I am going to be on from 4 to 6. As I mentioned, it's going to be a jam-packed Ask the Libertarian rapid fire. But instead of doing uh, calls, I normally prioritize the calls, I'm going to go through a long backlog of questions from social media, from Twitter, at Monica Perez Show, Facebook, emails, but you can send me questions because I am going to prioritize what I get on, uh, on those avenues. You can... Send that to me. You can go to my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. You can email me from there, or you can go to my Facebook page. And I do continue this conversation all week long on that uh, on those outlets. And I do encourage you to please send me all those Ask the Libertarian. I will, I promise, I will get through them all. Maybe not next time, but at some point. But my show next week is only from uh, 4 to 6, so be sure to tune in. And also, I want to, again, thank all the people who came out to my two events. They were so great in the United Tea, Par- uh, uh, United Tea Party of Georgia in Buford. I praise the Lord. Uh, thank you so much for hosting me and also for Harp Irish Pub and Liberty on the Rocks. I really had a great time meeting everybody. And uh, I just uh, want to maybe recap this idea of what we're being prepared for, what that we're being basically uh, from the right, we're being told to, uh, you know, that we're at war, that they're coming to get us. And from the left, we're being told that Hillary is miscompassion. All she cares about is women and children. And that in that case, I... I feel like we are being prepared for both sides of the aisle to get behind war. And I'm not a fan of that. And I think that the other the other thing that they're going to do with that, that meme, that feeling, is they use that fear against us to try to, especially on the right, try to get people to not, uh, to compromise. They try to get people to compromise on the Bill of Rights. So I'll tell you, if they're trying to scare you to death, this is your uh, give me liberty or give me death moment. Even if they scare you to death, still defend those uh, Bill of Rights, due process, warrants, everything. This is really, I think, the last stand for the Bill of Rights. So uh, that's it for today. Talk to you again next Saturday, 4 to 6. This is Monica Perez. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.